pretty pretty common book. Makes a great VeggieTales movie. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. The only thing I remember from the Esther VeggieTales movie is um, when he throws out the queen. I don't know. That's just like ingrained in my mind. <laughs> Make the sandwich right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so good. Was she a blueberry? A blueberry? Oh, well, maybe we should. Maybe we should watch uh, Veggie Tales. Yeah, there's no lesson. We're just gonna watch Veggie Tales. Yeah. What else do you guys know about Esther? She was a Jew. She was a Jew. Yeah. That's a really important part of the story. She was a Jew. What else do you guys know about Esther, or the story of Esther? Yeah, yeah. She spoke out against the king. She went and talked to him without his permission. And she was a Jew. And she was a girl. And back then, that was like a big no-no. Um, so Esther was a girl boss. Um, so I'm just going to go through a quick rundown of the story. Um, just because, yes. Do you have any extra pens? Um, yes, thank you. <laughs> um, uh, yes, we have lots of pens, but I just don't know where they are. Um, so the main characters, we have Esther. She is a Jew and she is an orphan. So she doesn't have parents. Her parents passed away and she was raised by her cousin Mordecai. Um, and the text tells us that she is very beautiful. So, um, that's kind of why she was chosen to be in the King's court because she's very beautiful. Um, but she's also Jewish and an orphan. Mordecai, also Jewish. Um, he raised Esther and he is a man of God that clearly obeyed what God was telling him to do. Um, even though the word, even though God is never mentioned in the book of Esther, we definitely know that that Esther and Mordecai were definitely people of God that loved the Lord. And then there's King Xerxes, and he is a prideful, evil king. Um, he is very selfish and sinful, and basically just an evil, evil ruler. And then we also have uh, Haman, and he's the antagonist of the story. He's the evil guy, and he wants to kill all the Jewish people. He hates Mordecai, um, and he just decides that his life goal is to make sure that the Jewish people are annihilated. Um, so the story begins by King Xerxes throwing a party, and then at the time, he is married to Queen Vashti, and Queen Vashti is also throwing a party, and King Xerxes and all his men are getting drunk at their party, and King Xerxes decides that he's going to call his wife to come dance for them. So he's like, Queen Vashti, come over and dance for my friends so I can show you off to my friends. And she says, no way, buddy. I'm not coming. Um, you can find yourself a new queen. And he says, fine. And he throws her out of the, king, throws her out of the kingdom, banishes her, and is now in the search for a new queen. And so that's when he sends his people out on the town, and he tells them to look for the most beautiful women and to bring them back to the palace. So they're looking through the streets, and they find Esther and like almost 300 other women, bring them back to the palace. And these girls live in the palace for a year, and they spend a year getting ready to meet the king for one night, and the king is going to pick one girl to be his queen. Um, So that's when we meet Esther. Esther comes into the picture. She is chosen, not by her own will, but she's basically taken to the palace. Yeah, it's pretty awful. (laughs) Libby's giving me a a face of disgust. Um, And they're basically in a beauty pageant. They're getting pretty and primped for the entire year. Um, They also have them there for a whole year just to make sure they're not pregnant, too. Um, And so they live in the palace. And Esther, when she lives in the palace, she finds favor with the servants that are at the palace because she is a woman of God. So she is kind and gentle um, and 
like genuine with the servants and the servants really like Esther so they give her more maids to help her look even more pretty and they give her a lot of things that kind of put her ahead of the game to the other women and because of this she also finds favor with the king probably also because she's just genuine and kind and pleasant to be around and the king chooses Esther to be his queen Um, but as this is happening outside of the palace Mordecai and Haman are kind of Uh, butting heads. Haman tells Mordecai to bow down to him. They work together at the front gate and Haman decides that he's like in charge so he wants Mordecai to bow down to him. Mordecai says no because Mordecai is a man of God, doesn't want to bow down to anyone and Haman decides that because Mordecai is Jewish and because Mordecai won't bow down to him that he is going to make a plan to kill all Jewish people. Um, So he comes up with a decree um, that somehow the king passes that declares that on a certain day All Jewish people will be killed and all their belongings will be plundered. Um, So on a certain day, that will happen. But little does the king know that his queen that he just chose, who is Esther, is Jewish. He has no idea. So Mordecai meets up with Esther and says, don't worry, I have a plan. (laughs) Are you getting excited, Lizzie? (laughs) Um, He says, don't worry, I have a plan. God put you in the palace for a reason. You're going to save our people. You're going to go get ready, and you're going to go before the king, and you're going to tell him what Haman is doing, and you're going to plead with him to not kill the Jewish people and tell him that you are Jewish. And so in doing this, Esther is putting her life on the line because the king could either react and say, you're right, I'm going to take back this decree, or how dare you come before me without my permission. I'm going to kill you and all the Jewish people anyway. So a lot is on the line here, and Esther and both she does go before the king um, and she states her case the king believes her and Haman is actually put to death and Mordecai is um, put to a higher level in the in the government or whatever it was called back in the day Um, so now Mordecai and Esther are both leaders in this town and they lead the people um, in basically God's way Um, so justice is served and God throughout the whole time is never mentioned but he is woven into the story he's the one that's piecing everything together he's the one that put Esther in the palace and he's the one that gave Esther the courage to go before the king Um, so that is the story of Esther in a very quick nutshell Sound pretty familiar to you guys? Yeah? Anything that I missed that you think that would be nice to add in there? It's a long story. Um, I just thought that Mordecai was her uncle. Oh, maybe. Mordecai protruded in the details. Maybe. Yeah, because he's uncle. He's like, the way that they described it, like, is like, it was her mom's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I'm sure it's more complicated than just a cousin. Yeah. But he was related to her somehow. Okay. Um, yeah. Cool. So Mordecai's not actually her dad. Um, but go ahead and turn with me to Esther 2. We don't have time to read the entire story of Esther, which is unfortunate. Um, but I encourage you guys to read Esther on your own and to study it. It's so interesting um, just to see. It's like one of the only books of the Bible God isn't mentioned. Mm-hmm. The only other book in the Bible that God isn't mentioned is the Song of Solomon, which makes sense because it's an interesting book. <laughs> I don't know why I looked at Andrea. Um, anyway. I was thinking while you were 
Um, so I have some things that we can admire about Esther. So we talked last week about how these women, they're amazing, and there's a lot of things that we can admire about them and imitate about them, um, but they're not, we're not going to like put them on a pedestal. We're going to just like look up to them as mentors, but ultimately we want to look to see what God is doing in them. Um, so the first thing that I noticed about Esther or that we see in the book of Esther um, is that she was a woman of God that attracted the people around her with her kindness. Um, so she was respected by everyone that she ran into. Um, could someone read for us Esther 2.9 and Esther 2.17? Or I guess one person read Esther 2.9. All right, thank you, Maddie. The young woman pleased him and gave his favor so that he accelerated the process of the beauty treatments and the special diet that she received. He assigned seven hand-picked female servants to her from her place and transferred her her servants to the Aaron's best quarters. Awesome. And then can someone read Esther 2, 17? I can read. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> uh, 15. Okay. The king loved Esther more than all the women, and she won grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins, so that he set the royal crown on her head and made her queen instead of Ashley. Awesome. All right. So both these verses tell us that Esther found favor with both the servants and with the king. Why do you guys think that Esther found favor with these people? Why did she stand out among the 300 of, like other women? What made Esther so different? She wasn't just beautiful. Yeah. There was more. Hmm. Yeah, there's something deeper. Yeah. And the servants saw it first. It wasn't just the king. The servants, the ones that Esther didn't really have to treat with respect. She had to treat the king with respect. She didn't have to treat the servants with respect, but she did. And, I mean, granted, they gave her something in return, but she probably didn't expect that to happen. And probably a lot of the other girls that were there probably treated the servants like they were nothing. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, my goodness, these servants can, if, as long as they, like, help me look good, I can mm. be the queen. So they yeah. just like, kind of treat them badly. Mm. So I bet she's the only one that's actually kind. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why they liked her so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Esther was beautiful. We know that. But her character shines through more than anything. And that makes her stand out in a crowd of beautiful women just because she is genuine, kind, and has a character. And that comes from just knowing God, right? When we know God, when we're walking with him, our the way that we treat people should be different. The way we talk to people should be different. People should be naturally attracted to us just because we are genuine and kind and because we know God and God is love. And so therefore that love should shine through us. Um, so when you guys think about your own personal life, what makes a person likable? Like what attracts you to somebody other than being kind? Than being kind? Yeah. Yeah. What else? Mm-hmm. When you, like, what makes a person likable or attractive to you? I would say their, like, compassion or empathy. Mm. Like, their ability to relate to you, whether mm. or not it's something that, you, that they walk through or that they're currently walking through. The, just their willingness to, like, come alongside you, like, mm. in whatever you're going through. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their compassion, sympathy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. And not like, look at my cute coffee, joy. Oh. <laughs> right. But like, <laughs> 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 that's where it stops. Yeah. yeah. And the joy that is just radiating through their whole life. Mm. That's attractive. Yeah. So. I, coffee's great. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> I don't like it. I'm not, I'm not offended. Okay. <laughs> as soon as I said it, I was like, oh, <laughs> Yeah. <clears throat> What's more important to you guys in a friend? 
that they're beautiful or that they have a char- like a good character about them? Good character. Yeah. What about yourself? What's more important to you? Yeah. We just came for our next therapy. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I, because I, when I was making this lesson, I was like, of course, everybody wants a friend that has a good character about them and a, like a genuineness and a kindness. But like, what do we expect out of ourselves? Are we more focused on the outward appearance or are we actually more focused on the way we're treating people? Because um, one of the most important things about us is just the way that we treat others. That reflects Christ the most in us. And that's what makes us truly beautiful. And we all know that. We all know that it's the heart that matters. But it's truly understanding it and putting it inside of our hearts. Um, and knowing it with all of our being. And we see that in Esther. Um, even though she was beautiful, the most beautiful thing about her is her character. Um, another thing about Esther that we can admire is that she was willing to obey God no matter what he was going to call her to do. Um, could I have somebody read Esther 4.18? Who wants to read 4.18? Thank you. And then can I have someone flip to 2 Corinthians 5 and read 6 through 10? I don't have a 4.18. What? I have my four stops at 17. Yeah. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, um, 16 through 17. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I put 18. <laughs> Sorry, it's uh, typo. Yeah, I added my own verse. Um, and then can I get someone to read 2 Corinthians? <laughs> yeah, Second Corinthians 5, 6 through 10. Okay, so 4, 16, 17. Yes. And then sec- I need someone to read 2 Corinthians 5, 6 through 10 after that. I choose Elise. Esther, 4, 16, 17. Go gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast with you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. If I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and carried out all of Esther's instructions. Awesome. So here we see Mordecai just explained to her what she's going to do. She's going to go before the king, and she says, if I perish, I perish. That's the thing that I want us to focus on. And then Elise, can you read 2 Corinthians 5, 6 through 10? Uh, so we are always confident knowing that while we, were, we are at home in the, body, in the body, we are absent from the Lord. So we walk by faith and not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. For we must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Awesome. All right. So what stands out to you about Esther's mindset here? What would you guys do if you were in her shoes? How would you react to Mordecai telling you you were going to go talk to the king and the fate of all the Jewish people rested on your shoulders? I'd be scared. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be scared. Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I think she was Yeah. I'm not really sure. It wouldn't surprise me if she was younger. Probably our age, somewhere yeah. like fourteen to twenty-five-ish. 
Mm. <laughs> yeah, which is interesting. Mary last week, Mary was really young too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Esther's mindset reminds me of like Paul and like Philippians. He's like in plenty or in like scarcity, like I will still have joy. And she's like in life or death, like yeah. So I think it's it's very similar, and that's like Old and New Testament too. Mm, So I think that that uh, that similarness, similarity, um, in between like between them really shows like Mm. um, the mindset of all people of God is very similar. Whether I have nothing or everything, that's good. uh, That's really good. That's yeah. That's so true. The people of God, it's the same God, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the same characteristics are going to be consistent throughout all time. Um, so yeah, Esther demonstrates that perfectly, where she says, "If it's the will, if it's the Lord's will for my life that I go before the king and I perish, then I'll perish. But God's in control, and whatever His will is, will be done." And that's how she's able to have peace in this hard thing that God is calling her to do. Mm-hmm. Is simply because she knows that the Lord's will is going to be done, and she can trust Him more than anything. She also goes to the Lord before she does it. Yeah. So, like, so like you see a couple of things, right? She's making a decision bravely and patiently, right? Mm. And so think about your bravery versus patience scale on a decision. Are you someone that goes, here's what I'm supposed to do, okay, I'm going to go do it right now full force, right? Or do you, like, <laughs> are you afraid of the decision and you're like, I don't know, like, what am I going to do, and how do I, I'm not sure, right? If you had put any other person with any other balance of bravery and patience in this spot, we would have a totally different outcome, hmm. right? Because she says, okay, here's what we need to do. I'm going to check with the Lord first, right? Because that's what they were doing. Fasting yeah. for three days. That's You're spending time with the Lord. You're preparing for something. Hmm. And even though it doesn't say that they were spending time with the Lord, that's what they were doing. Yeah. Um, so she makes a decision confidently. Mm-hmm. And she takes the word of Mordecai, someone in her life, hmm. and she says, okay, this is good information. Now I'm going to go to the Lord and make sure it's the right decision. Hmm. So she goes to the Lord, and then she makes it. Yeah. Like, she doesn't discount God's ability to use the people in her life, but she also doesn't rely only on that. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's a really good thing to remember. Because it's not like Mordecai is, like, her God telling her what to do. Right. Yeah. I also think it's cool that she told all the Jewish people to fast with her. And so they're all praying for this together. And, like, prayer is always tied to fasting. So that's about how we know that they're praying to God because that's what he commands us to do. But, yeah, that's good. Yeah, any other thoughts on that? I think my only thought is just, like, looking at her position, and she has been, like, like exalted so high, right? Like, she's mm-hmm. now queen. And she could so easily be like now I'm in this high position and I don't really care and like you know it could have definitely gone to her head Mm. but she still is not seeking her own glory she's still seeking the glory of God and so she's Mm. like if I perish if I'm thrown in jail I mean she doesn't say that but like you know like if her life basically completely changes because of this like this is what God has called her to do like this is where he's like placed her this is what he's told her to do and she's Mm. just still seeking his glory rather than her own yeah and I just think that that is like such a heart Mm. yeah I don't know I just really like that that we get to see that I guess yeah especially since she is queen now yeah you would think that she'd be like oh no I'm I can't do that because I'm queen she doesn't 
she's not afraid to lose her position or her life and she doesn't see herself as any more valuable than another she just does what the lord commands her because it would have been really easy for her to like become prideful because she, like all the people liked her right like yeah. she was like wow she's amazing and the king picked her she could have been like yeah hmm. pretty cool but like she wasn't she didn't do that at all yeah 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 she was still humble the whole mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. like i feel like the more that like you get added to you like she grew up like as an orphan right so mm. she didn't have a lot in the first place i'm guessing right and like so she's getting all of this stuff added to her mm-hmm. high positions material is like material items but like she still holds no weight to that like, mm, you know what i mean like yeah. she's not like grabbing onto it and trying to hold on to it like she's just surrendered to the lord yeah which i think is really beautiful yeah it doesn't change her character when yeah. she gains like the favor of people and possessions and yeah. status yeah well, she doesn't even take all the possessions she's offered it's true. yeah so like during that year of time they were offered anything they could possibly want mm. to make them feel beautiful look beautiful like jewelry anything mm. they could want and she only took what was suggested mm. so she she just took the advice of the guy in charge and said okay that's all i want yeah and then disregarded everything else and mm. was like, this is all i need like you said it wasn't just her beauty yeah, yeah. it's her whole character yeah and she didn't sacrifice that for her position or possessions. Or yeah, and I think the whole time she definitely knew, even if I get the queen position, it's only going to be because God put me there anyway. It's not going to be my beauty or my or my own efforts. All the Lord. Yeah. 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 So taking uh, Esther four seven, um, sixteen, that leads us into our next point, which is that Esther is an excellent example of godly boldness. Um, could someone flip to Matthew ten twenty eight? And read it for us. I got you. All right. Thank you, Carly. Um, It says, Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. You said just 28, right? Yeah. Thank you. Um, So this is another reason why she demonstrates such amazing boldness. Um, because she knows who's actually in charge. So one of the things I love about Esther is that she's kind, right? She has a great character. Um, she's humble, but she also is not a doormat, right? She's courageous. She does the she does things boldly for God's glory. Um, she has this wonderful balance of being um, like soft and gentle and kind towards people, but also knowing when to step up and to speak truth and to put her foot down, basically. And I love that about Esther. She can she can be all those things only because God's allowing her to be those things. That also shows us that that's okay for us to do too. We can be kind and gentle, but we can also stand up for the truth and seek justice. Um, we can be all those things at once um, for God's glory and God's purpose. Um, so she knew whether she lived or whether she died, she would obey God because um, God was in control um, and she should fear him far more than she fears any person. Um, so going back to that question of when is it hardest for you guys to be bold? Um, why do you think it's so hard to be bold in those moments, even though we know who God is? Because our own like our own pride, our own like self, like how other people see you, like mm. um, being liked, all of that gets in the way. Yeah. Because like the only reason that we don't want to like speak up is because of like what people will think of us mm. yeah or if you're scared to talk to people, like 
So it's it's not it's always it's really always about us. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Our own right. image. Yeah, because it's not like anyone's gonna put us in jail or throw us out of the kingdom if we say something they don't like. Like we're not in Esther's shoes, at least not right now. But yeah, why else? Why is it so hard to still be bold and do the things that that God calls us to do? Why is that so hard for us? We can be hurt. Hmm. Yeah. Like in in Esther's case, physically she would be dead. If, you know, in other circumstances, but we can be. I mean, you could be physically hurt, you could be emotionally hurt, you could be mentally hurt, you could just be sad, like somebody could like hurt your feelings or something. Yeah. But we're, we're afraid of pain. We don't mm. like it yeah. in whatever way it comes. Mm. And so it's like what Macy said, it's about us, right? It's our own fear, it's our own wanting to be liked, wanting to be safe, wanting to be comfortable. Mm. But we know we don't like pain, and so we avoid it when we can. Yeah. Whether it's a conscious or subconscious decision. Mm. Yeah, no one really enjoys pain physical emotional any of that yeah yeah so there's so many cool things that we can take from who esther is and who god is how god is working through esther and apply them to our life um but most importantly we always want to focus things back on god he's the main character of the story even though he's never mentioned um so there are some things that we learn about god from this story um which is the most important part um so last week we talked a lot about how god uses people we don't expect so Mary from Nazareth, Jesus' mom, she's just from Nazareth, the small town. She's like 14 years old, and God tells her that she is going to be the mother of Jesus, the Messiah. Um, And no one would expect Mary to be the mother of the Messiah. Um, So no one would expect a Jewish orphan girl to be queen and to save the entire Jewish people. That would never have crossed someone's mind. God uses people he doesn't expect. And last week we read 1 Corinthians 1, 27 through 31, which basically says God uses the weak and the lowly in order to show his glory. So, like, for us, we're just average people, right? There's nothing really special about us. We live in Greenwood, Indiana. Um, none of us are, like, Instagram famous um, yeah. or anything. At least, at least, <laughs> at least not, not, um, not yet for Macy. But, like, God can still use you in wonderful ways, not because you're amazing, but because he's amazing. And that's how he glorifies himself best is by using what is weak and humble um, and small and showing how big and mighty and powerful he is. That's just how God does what he does. That's why he sent Jesus as a baby. Um, That's why God came in human form, because that is how God would be most glorified, is if he came as a human. Um, The second thing that we learn about God is that he calls us to do hard things. Our our Christian life is not supposed to be easy. We're supposed to be doing hard things, sharing the gospel with our friends, having tough conversations, doing things that make us tired for the glory of God. Um, And Esther is willing to do whatever God was calling her to do, and God called her to do something that was very hard. So if God was to call you tomorrow to do something that was very hard out of your comfort zone, are you willing? Would you go? Even if it meant that you had to sacrifice something, Are you willing to do whatever God calls you to do? Um, If life is really easy right now, if your walk with Christ just feels kind of easy, I just really encourage you to dig deeper and see, am I sharing the gospel with my friends? Am I serving? Am I trying to continue to work and grow in my my faith? Like if things feel easy, something's got to be off because God doesn't call us to an easy life. He calls us to a life that is joyful and awesome and amazing, but it's also full of labor. Um, and also rest in him. It's like finding that balance, if that makes sense. So in your life, oh, I skipped ahead. Um, 
anyway, going back, I lost my place. Um, why, why do we hesitate to do hard things? Why, does, why are we not so quick to do hard things? We're scared of what might come. Yes, we're scared. Yeah, we're scared of how challenging it might be. Yeah. I learned that the hard way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or scared that we'll like fail and then. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Going back to what Andrea said, I think we're also scared of the pain and the hurt it might cost us. Yeah. Sometimes we're put through hard things and we didn't ask for it. We didn't ask to be put into it. But God is still faithful and can bring amazing glory out of it. Um, but yeah, hard things. That's Luke. Oh. <laughs> 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 You're like, it's <laughs> You're like, it's time to pick me up now. <laughs> um, which leads us into our next point. So we never see God in Esther. Well, we never see his name in Esther, but God is still working. So God is still working even when we can't see him. Um, so God is weaving the story of Esther together, and God is weaving the story of your life together. Um, he's weaving his whole plan together, which is far bigger than us. And sometimes we can't see him. We don't understand why something had to happen or why we can't make this decision or whatever situation you are in right now that um, no matter how, how hard or difficult it may be, you may be like, how is God in this? How could this possibly be part of his plan? God doesn't always make his plan absolutely clear to us. Um, so in your life, we might not always see God. But how do you know he's still working? How do you remind yourself that he's still working? He's promised that he will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he never goes back on his promises. No. Yeah. I mean, I could, I could say, like, I remind myself that God's still working by just really, I don't know. You could say a whole bunch of, like, a post-it note or a pillow or whatever. But those don't mean much unless you really fully, truly believe mm. That his promises aren't going anywhere, hmm. right? Like, if I promise you something, I could definitely go back on it tomorrow, hmm. you know? God's not going back on it ever. Yeah. And his promise stands. Hmm. So he's told us that he'll never leave us, that he will never forsake us. And if I believe that, then when I can't see God, hmm. I'll just look in a different place, and there he will be. Hmm. You know, sometimes yeah. it's not that we don't see God, it's that we're looking in the wrong place. Because hmm. he's always there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's on us because God is always working. Right. So we have to keep our eyes like open for him. He might just not be working the way we expect. Yeah. Yeah. How else? How, how do you guys remind yourself that God is still working even when you can't see him or even like feel him? I guess you don't feel him near to you. I feel like I just like have to think about the times where like he was obviously working in my life. Hmm. Yeah. And like think about that and know that like, I'm just in the waiting right now and that he will come through. Hmm. Yeah, remembering things that he's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Bible's always telling us to remember because we're forgetful people. God knows we're forgetful, so he reminds us to remember, which I think is really cool. Why do you think God chose to not reveal himself in the story of Esther? Like, he was sovereign over whoever wrote this story. Why did he choose not to put his name into it? I think it's the point that you just said. God is working even when you can't see him, hmm. right? It's proof, and, right, there's proof of everything about God in the Bible, and Esther is our proof hmm. that God is all over our lives, even if his name isn't written in yeah. the script. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it's a practical example. 
I mean, faith is believing without seeing. Hmm. So it's like an example of example of faith. Hmm. Yeah. 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 And Esther and Mordecai definitely show us that they had great faith. And we know that they're people of God, even though they never really, like, said it. Well, and, right, we've talked a lot about not wanting to be obnoxious with our faith. Like, oh my gosh, everybody loved Jesus. Jesus is the greatest, right? And these two prove that you can be a Christian who moves mountains and saves people and Mm. does all these great things. And you don't have to be like a corner preacher and yelling about stuff and where Jesus loves me on your shirt every yeah. single day. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, I know. Every, but, all, all those things are good, right? But if we put our whole Christian identity in wearing a Jesus loves me shirt yeah. and we don't carry around the, the kindness. But, so, okay, Maddie, though, carries around the kindness that Esther has. She carries around the, the love for her people that Mordecai had, right? She went to Africa to serve those, right? Mm-hmm. So her wearing a Jesus loves you shirt isn't like, okay, mm-hmm. he's a big Christian. No, yeah. right? You see the qualities in the book of Esther in her life. And this is just more proof that we don't have to be crazy. I, I, I struggle to say that because it's good to be so bold with your faith that mm-hmm. people can see it without a doubt. Yeah. But even then, they were graceful. You talked about this last night. They were graceful and gentle or two minutes ago, whatever. But their faith, and they still hmm. moved mountains. Yeah. 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 Me too. Yeah. Hopefully, you don't know about all the spots. I don't know. Everybody else. I just think it's funny that her shirt literally says Jesus loves you. I know. I thought it was like, ah. But we all, we all know that, like, like, we can wear whatever we want, but it's the heart that matters. Yeah. But yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, and like God is always working. So keep your eyes open and ask for him to reveal himself to you. Um, Because we see God in this story. um, So we can see God in our life. We just have to have our eyes open. Um, Sometimes we can be so blind because we think that only our way is how God could work. But God can work in so many other ways. I like that. I don't like interruptions, so it'd probably be good for me to pray that. <laughs> it'd be good for God to interrupt me. Um, so our final point is that God can work in the midst of great evil so King Xerxes is not a good king Haman not a good person like Haman wanted to kill Mordecai like he he like if you guys read the story of Esther he makes gallows and because he wants to go kill Mordecai at the gallows like Haman is not a good guy but God still worked in the midst of the king's selfishness and Haman's evil and brought his glory out of it um, and also was just so Haman Haman ended up dying he paid the price for his sin um and like God was glorified in the end and the Jewish people were saved um so for us today there's a lot of evil things that happen in our world a lot of injustice a lot of things that are wrong and sinful and that points to the fact that we live in a broken world and we need a savior right that's why the gospel is so important um God is still God God is still good Um, and we need a savior, um, and God is working in the midst of evil. He is not the source of evil. 
he's not the reason evil happened. It's sin that's the reason. Um, but God is so powerful that he can triumph over evil and bring his good out of it. And um, we see that so clearly in the story of Esther. Um, so we can be like Esther in the way that we are bold and kind and genuine. Um, and we can trust in the Lord um, and share our faith. Um, and we can also... <laughs> no that's funny um and we can also trust that god will be working and god calls us to do hard things um and god is god um and we have the honor to be part of his plan um and he loves us and he's with us all the way um so yeah that's all i have that is the story of esther I hope that this encourages you to go study it on your own because there's a million other things that are in the story of Esther that we didn't even touch. Um, So I encourage you to do that on your own time. Um, But let me pray for us, and then we can go to our Saturdays. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning, Lord, and just um, how fun Saturdays are. And I just pray for all these ladies here, God, that um, they would learn more about you, that their knowledge of you would grow, Lord. Um, Would you give us a greater understanding of how much you love us? And Lord, would that just lead us to love the people around us? And I praise you for um, sharing stories in your word, um, like Esther, that give us an example of how um, to be bold and how to serve you and to how to walk humbly and how to ultimately just live every single day of our lives for your glory. Would you help us do that more, Lord? Um, and I just thank you um, for sending your son to die for us in our place, Lord, that um, through Jesus Christ we can have salvation. God, I praise you for that. Um, Would you just help us come to a greater understanding of the gospel? Um, Would it just impact every area of our lives? And Lord, would you just help us bring more glory to you and change our hearts um, and give us joy every step of the way? Um, Lord, we love you. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen.